This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy, and each week we will throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week I landed on New Jersey. New Jersey. <laughs> That's a way to say it. <laughs> the real housewives of New Jersey. Oh, man. It's so fun being back in here, though. It's- I know. We've had some uh, life events happen the last couple months that have hindered our recording. <laughs> yes, slowed down the production of the podcast. I got married. Whoop, whoop. Yes. And I just had a personal yep. emergency. Yep. And, you know, yeah. it my, happens. My disruption was planned. Yours was unplanned. It was. It was. Yes. But we are back. We were excited that Andy got married, had a beautiful wedding. Yes. It was fun. But now we're back to talking about unsolved, unsolved things. things. <laughs> I don't know what the hands thing is. I like threw my hands up like okay. unsolved things. <laughs> we're on the where it's like a play. <laughs> it is. I'm in the mood for the murder mystery party we're having uh, in a few weeks. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, we're going to talk about New Jersey and we are going to talk about a little boy named William Ebenezer Jones, which I am living for Ebenezer. Absolutely. I'm just (laughs) sad that it's a little boy. I know, but we don't know. Let's get into it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We don't know what happened. We don't know what happened. Did he get abducted by aliens? Maybe. Did the Bigfoot take him? We did talk about Bigfoot a lot last before we, did. we got the on last break. Two episodes were Bigfoot. We'll take a break from Bigfoot people. <laughs> Even though people apparently seem to like the Bigfoot content, though. Really? But they also saw a picture in Colorado from a satellite of a Bigfoot? Yeah, of something, something out. We'll have to. Okay, we might do a short episode on Bigfoot in Colorado. <laughs> but yeah, it was like they took a satellite picture of like a mountainous area and they saw this like thing, thing in the middle of the picture from a satellite picture. Weird. Yeah. Well, I'll have to show it to Weird. you. Weird. I don't like that. Anyway. Okay. William Ebenezer Jones. It was a chilly winter morning on December 17th, 1962. Come through scene setting. I I know. It It was a typical day. The family was getting ready for the holidays, and William's uh, father departed the home that morning to go start a shift at the New York Shipbuilding Co. in Camden. And his mother, Evelyn, ran some errands in the morning with her children, William and Jill. Joel? Jill. 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 Like Jack and Jill. Yes. Am I saying it weird? Jill. There you go. It's not like gel. Like the way you said it, like gel, like, like gel pens. And I was like, what? <laughs> I might be the only one. The, like, the listeners are probably like, she said Jill. Jill. <laughs> so his name's, uh, his mom's name is Evelyn. She was running errands with William and Jill. William got a haircut and they stopped at the bank. And when they returned home, William and Jill went to go play outside with the family dog. And it was a basset hound with a collie. So they have two little pups. 
that they Aww. went to go outside to play with. And while playing outside with his sister, William was wearing this blue-gray snowsuit, a matching hat, and some tan high tops with yellow laces. So he okay. was starting. Yeah. He was starting. Yeah. I want those shoes. I know. Those sound really cool. They do. Their mother, Evelyn, was watching from the window while looking after her youngest son and preparing lunch for the family. Okay. They lived on Taylor Avenue with um, with the whole family, and the family was decorating for Christmas, which was fast approaching in a week. And there was even some presents underneath the Christmas tree already, which included some coloring books and a toy tank. But... Aww. Who knows what happened and if William ever got to play with those toys or any other toy. Oh, foreshadowing. I know. Because it was on that day that William vanished. So the toddler had bright blue eyes, big ears, and he had this scar on his arm. Okay. It was like a vaccination scar. And they, they say that it looks like a little giraffe, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know how. But it, uh, anyway, he loved dogs. He loved reading. He loved playing with toy cars. Okay. And he was just three months shy of his fourth birthday. At around 1145, a neighbor spotted William on his own and suggested that he went, he go back home. He, that okay. he was kind of far from the house or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. He wasn't in the front yard. Okay. Then around one, Evelyn heard a knock at the door. She opened the door and she was a little stunned because it was the youngest, the two-year-old Jill. She was just standing at the doorway and Jill had carried home a plastic potted poinsettia that she told uh, Evelyn she got from William, the three-year-old. Okay. Weird, right? That is weird. Yeah. She also told her mom that the boogeyman had taken William. Miss Jones rushed through the home and she was super frantic and she ran up and down the street trying to look for William. And while searching, an unknown man approached Evelyn in his green car and asked, are you Miss Jones? Evelyn didn't reply and she didn't know the man. So yeah. she just was like, Mrs. Who, Weird. Who the hell are you? Right, yeah. right. And... She didn't ask for his name or anything. She, like, literally just turned around and just kept searching for her son. Okay. And then afterwards, after not finding his her son, she reported him missing. Okay. The family's basset hound was named Baby, and okay. it, it was also missing during this time, too. All right. So you're going to take my dog. You're going to take my kid. <laughs> I'm... And allowed me, to murder you? Right. And you're giving me a plastic poinsettia in return. <laughs> Bad trade. <laughs> Not equal proportions. No. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. Uh, but she did find the dog a little bit later, oh, a short distance okay. from the house. But the dog was soaking wet for some reason. That's weird. Yeah. The neighbors, everybody started getting into the search and were... The, it kicked off like a four day search for what seemed like hundreds of police officers, firefighters, the National Guard okay. and volunteers. All of the area's emergency services were called in. They went through the entire area by boat, by air. They searched through the woods, the swamplands in the vicinity of the home and 
Maurice River, which was close by, was also searched because the dog came back soaking. So Mm -hmm. two Navy helicopters were also flown around the area above. They also had bloodhounds from Philadelphia that they brought in. And they did pick up a scent. Okay. But they also lost the scent near the family home. And the entire area had been like stomped over and driven over because everybody was there searching for the kid. Mm -hmm. So, so this obviously the search was unsuccessful and there was no sign of William anywhere. This disappearance, like obviously put fear into people's hearts and minds in the city and it made national news. William's parents couldn't come to terms with his disappearance and moved away from the city shortly afterwards. Unfortunately, William's father began to drink and the family didn't speak much about the disappearance at home. And as a result, both the parents became extremely overprotective of their kids. Okay. Which is understandable. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit more about the investigation. Okay. So one of the biggest weirdest things was this plastic poinsettia yeah it became like a kind of a focal point and like a famous tagline or like clue for some reason well yeah it's that's weird yeah there was early reports that someone had been selling flowers around the neighborhood shortly before william vanished okay it was later uncovered that it had just simply come from a neighbor's trash though And it had been passed around by, like, a ton of local children around the neighborhood. So weird. So the kids found it in the trash. They were passing it around. And then Jill said, oh, I got this from William. And she brought it home. Huh. After learning that it was from a trash, they realized that day the trash came, the trash collection came between, like, 1.30 and 2. Uh Uh-huh. And so they went and interviewed the trash collectors, which said, you know, if there would have been a body in case the kid had, like, climbed into a trash bin and couldn't get out or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. But they said they would have seen it, which, you know, just to do their due diligence, they went to the dump and looked around. Yeah. And found nothing. Found nothing. Yeah. At what point in the investigation, the Jones family turned to a local psychic. I love when we call the psychics. (laughs) Right. Gosh, but some of them are such fake people. Anyway, it makes me angry because they like feed off of people really wanting answers. Yeah. But the psychic claimed that William was still alive. She told the family he had been abducted by a man whose wife was having mental breakdown due to the death of her own toddler son. She then theorized that William was taken to an Amish area in Pennsylvania and raised by the new family. However, the investigators didn't really believe this theory because he was at an age that he would probably still remember his family, even though he was three. Mm -hmm. Like he wouldn't. He would have faint memories of that. Yeah. And he might have told someone about that or, you know, another child or talked about it. Yeah. 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 I want to go see my mom. Right. Then in 1964, another psychic told investigators that William had been struck and killed by somebody who didn't really intend to harm him. They panicked and then buried William in a nearby area. 
The psychic gave investigators a description of the man's car and appearance. Years later, Jill was actually put under hypnosis because she was only two at the time. Yeah. And it was in hopes that she would pick up some memories or remember some things Mm -hmm. that, you know, happened that she couldn't really remember as a child or know to remember. Yeah. She recalled holding hands with William as two random men fought in front of an oil drum fire at the Palace of Depression, which was a landmark near the family's home. She says that she remembers running and eventually could see the door to her house. And then during the uh, investigation, the Palace of Depression was, and I say Palace of Depression, let's explain what that is. It's a big mountain of discarded materials that people would go and like throw into a pile. It was, it's weird. It's the 1960s, whatever it may be, you know. It's also New Jersey. Yeah. Weird stuff happened. Yeah. In New uh, and it was it's just weird. I mean, but if a child got lost in this huge mountain of stuff or tossed in there, you would probably be able to find it because it was like close. Yeah. To the top of the area. They went to go look at it and nothing happened. They didn't get any clues. They also theorized that William could have wandered there or was hit by a car and disposed there. But nothing came about. In the wake of the disappearance, Jill had dreams about her brother. It's like he's on, she says, it's like it's he's on the other side of a brick wall and he's calling me and I have to find a way to get to him. I still say I'm going to find him. Mm-hmm. Over the forthcoming years, there was a lot of those age progressions software that came out and mm-hmm. they did that of William. It's been released showing that he may, what he may look like as an adult. Information about William's disappearance has been entered into the National Crime Information System or Center. His sister also provided a DNA sample. And despite hundreds of leads and tips, nobody has ever been found. No arrests have ever been made and no credible sightings have ever been reported. They say that somebody has to know something. And until the sergeant says, until I see a body, I'm going to keep looking yeah it's now generally believed though that william was abducted as opposed to wandering off okay despite a lengthy search and extensive investigation goodness gracious william remains missing joe is now the only remaining member of william's immediate family because his parents have passed away yeah but she still is holding out hope yeah. She still wants to find what happened to her brother and just get some closure. Yeah, understandable. What's crazy to me is that William's case is the oldest unsolved disappearance of a child under the age of five in New Jersey state history. Wow. I know. So if anyone has any information about this disappearance, they're call they're asked to call the Vineyard Police Department. Okay. At 856-691-4111. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved America. Head on over to Facebook and Instagram and follow us at Unsolved America MVP. And be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. If you need to contact us, please email unsolvedamericamvp at gmail.com and we'll talk to you next week. This has been an MVP podcast. My Village Productions. 